Welcome to the Voo Church Podcast. As we reflect on the story of Easter, we see God's grace in every detail. The sacrifice of Jesus wasn't just for 2,000 years ago. It holds weight for you and I today. That's good news. Today, Pastor Dakota Duran breaks down the Palm Sunday story and the hope of Jesus in this message worth waiting for. There are so many meaningful moments to celebrate during this Easter season. Don't celebrate alone. Join us in community for Easter weekend. Learn more at vuchurch.com slash Easter. Remember, we don't have to achieve perfection. We just have to receive Jesus. Let's lean into the message together. One more time, welcome to Church Vusomi. Welcome Evergrades Correctional Institute. Welcome Church Online. Friends and family, can we make a whole lot of noise for our Church Online family? We love you. You make a whole big difference in our church, and we're so grateful that you're tuning in today. Before we move on, how many of you know we got to give honor where honors do? And what I've enjoyed about being a part of this community, specifically this year, is I think since the beginning of the year, the first Sunday all the way till this past Sunday, I've been hearing some of the best messages that I've ever heard in my entire life starting with a mindsets collection into single and secure. Can we make some noise for pastors Rich and Don Cherie today? But here's what I want us to understand. Much more than the preaching that happens on this stage, that is excellent, that is world-class, that is helpful, that changes literally all of our lives and the way that we follow after Jesus. What I want you to know is what they do best is they love this community. They give vision for this community. They love on the staff. They love on the servant leaders. And I want you to understand that this preaching is just a small part of what they do. They're not just leading us here at VU. I believe they're leading pastors all over the world. I don't think they're just important for VU, but I think they are a blessing to the Capital C Church. Come on, one more time. Can we make some real noise? I'm grateful changed my life. Love you so much. And uh, the best is ahead for our church because you guys are leading it. Today, I'm excited. It's Palm Sunday. And uh, what I've been feeling watching online, what I've been feeling sitting in services, and I've sat in a few, is that over the past five, six years, God's done some beautiful things in the life of U Church. Anybody believe that God's done some really beautiful things, but I believe God's doing something new right now. I, I, I think whenever I walk into this auditorium, whenever I walk into city, whenever I'm watching these services, I can sense there's a fresh expectation and a fresh anticipation for what God's doing in South Florida and around the world. And I would encourage you, if you're not there yet, open your eyes. Because sometimes we can't see a miracle because we're in it. But VU is a miracle in motion. And we're a week away from Easter, one of the biggest Sundays of the whole year. And I would encourage you, this is not the time to do what you always do. This is not the time to sit back, to be quiet. This is the time for the church of Jesus Christ to love loud, to reach out, to invite people in. Because I believe this Sunday... I believe it's going to be an incredible harvest, and today is Palm Sunday, and Palm Sunday is recorded in the book of Matthew, and I want to record, I want to read that together. Matthew 21, if you have your Bibles, bonus points, if you brought your Bibles to church. 
We're going to start in Matthew 21, verses 1 through 9. It says this, As they approached Jerusalem, this is Jesus and his disciples, they came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. That's pretty gangster right there. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey. And on a colt, the foal of a donkey, the disciples went and they did as Jesus had instructed them and they brought the donkey and, somebody say and, the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Come on, can somebody make a noise for Palm Sunday? I believe reading this text and studying this week that God has given me a word. And for the next few moments, we're going to speak from the subject worth waiting for. Why don't you tap your neighbor, say worth waiting for. Come on, will you pray with me online and in person? Lord, thank you so much. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for our church. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for our pastors. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the opportunity to gather together, to be built up so that we can be all that you've called us to be. God, thank you for coming. Thank you for your triumphant entry. Today, speak to us. Open our hearts to this message. God, through baptisms, through worship, do what only you can do. Be here with us today. That's our only request. We love you, Lord. It's your powerful and precious and almighty and beautiful name we pray. Come on, everybody set. Come on, everybody set. Come on, one more time. Can we make some noise for Jesus? Well, like I said, my name is Dakota Duran, and me and my wife, Blair, we've been a part of the VU community for almost six years. Anybody been a part of the VU community for over five years? Just wave at me. Just wave at me. Few people. A lot of new people in the 9 a.m. That's a good sign. <laughs> and VU has changed our lives, but me and Blair, I want you to understand where we come from. We come from the great state of Louisiana, okay? The dirty south, all right? We come from Shreveport, Louisiana, and the actual nickname for Shreveport, Louisiana, just to help you understand me, is Ratchet City. You can't make this up. I don't know how we got that name, but me and Blair, we come from Ratchet City. In Louisiana, man, it, first class food, second class education, third class infrastructure. It's amazing. Incredible place to live. Me and Blair, we literally grew up together since the time that we were toddlers. Uh, we started dating when she was 15 years old. I was 17 years old, and we've been married for almost seven years now. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm Dakota Duran, and this is my single and secure story. So stupid. <laughs> 
We've been together for a long time, and it's been a beautiful journey, but our lives, it got a whole lot better. Almost two years ago, we had our first little girl. Her name is Elizabeth James Duran, okay? Elizabeth James Duran. Say, why did you name her Elizabeth James? Because Elizabeth is Blair's middle name, James is mine, and we're extremely narcissistic, all right? But can I just show you a little picture of Ellie? This is my little girl right here. Work it, girl. Do your thing, girl. With that designer Disney, okay? That designer Disney. This girl is wild. She's fun. She loves Frozen and now Encanto. And uh, it's a whole situation with her in the house. But I'm excited because July 31st, we have our second baby girl on the way. So pray for me, please God, pray for me. But uh, just like we did for our first baby girl before she came, me and Blair went on this thing. Maybe you've never heard of it before. It's called a baby moon. And I don't know who invented baby moons, but thank you. Because I love another excuse to take a vacation with no kids and just my wife. You know what I'm saying? On this baby moon, me and Blair, we drove down to the Florida Keys, and the Florida Keys is awesome. It's like driving to a different state, okay? Even though it's just an hour away, it's a completely different place. You hear this thing that, really, I don't know if I've ever heard in Miami. It's this thing, you've probably never heard of it. It's called country music. And... um Country music, you should get used to it and look it up because it will be the music played in heaven. And um, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, we're down there and, and we're hanging out and it's beautiful, incredible restaurants and incredible views. It's quiet and it's chill. The opposite of Miami Beach in March and April. And we're just hanging out more than anything than just hanging out and being on another vacation. The reason why we take this trip intentionally before both of our kids is because in the hustle and bustle, we had to take some time to stop. And we had to actually evaluate right now with one child, what's the culture of our home? Right now with one kid, what is our rhythm? What is our pace? How do we want to move forward? What do we want the vision of our family to be as we move into this next year? We had to have some real conversations, but it wasn't just tactical. Man, there was some gratitude conversations. We were able to take a moment and say, God, thank you. Like, I would encourage you, if you haven't done this in a while, You might be going through a very difficult time in your life, but I promise you have more to be grateful for than anything else. God, thank you for our house. God, thank you for our church. God, thank you for our pastors. God, thank you for our community. God, thank you for our jobs. God, thank you that our baby girl is healthy because I don't control that. But she's healthy. God, thank you that she's fun. God, thank you that she has a big smile. God, thank you for those cute brown eyes. God, thank you. We're thanking God. We're having real conversations. But more than anything, we're getting ready. We're getting ready. Because there's been an anticipation that's been taking place. And, And obviously, Blair is pregnant. And we can see the baby bump. But sometimes in the fastness and the hustle and bustle of life, you just need to stop and go, 
babies for real coming. <laughs> like for real. <laughs> and you can't just move the deadline. You know, like, no, let's have her next month. Let's give it another. No, there's I don't know, singles in the room. That's not how it works. Usually about nine month process. And, uh, and the baby's coming. And for us, we realize that when this baby girl comes, the second little child, this child is going to change our family forever. And the Jewish community in this time that we just read is in a similar situation. But they weren't just waiting for another little child. They were waiting for their Messiah. And they weren't waiting for a few months, five, six months. They weren't waiting for a few years, a one, two, five years. They were waiting for hundreds of years. Some of us get mad at McDonald's when they take five minutes. Hundreds of years for a Messiah to come. And why is Palm Sunday so important? Because this is the day that their Messiah had arrived. Come on, is anybody grateful that Jesus came on the scene? So maybe you're new to church. You're like, yo, what is Palm Sunday? Well, it's the day that Jesus entered the scene. What's also important about Palm Sunday is that it begins exactly what Pastor Rich just said on our video. It begins the last week of Jesus's life that we call Passion Week. Somebody say Passion Week. And Passion Week is the, the last week that Jesus lived on this earth. And Jesus's life in the Bible, maybe, maybe you're new to church, maybe you're watching for the first time, it's written about in four different books. They're called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Did you know that in the Gospels, if you add them all up, there are 89 books in the Gospels. Did you know only four of them cover the first 30 years of Jesus's life? Four out of 89. Then you got 85, okay? The other 85 cover the last three and a half years of Jesus's life. But listen to this. This is important for where we are today. 29 of those 85 cover Passion Week. So listen, we read about Jesus and we preach about Jesus and we listen to Jesus, but everything that we have in this book, 33% of what's about Jesus is about this week. This is importance. This is highly important, over a third of the Bible, but on Palm Sunday and on Passion Week, what we need to understand is it was the start of the Passover feast. And in order to properly understand Palm Sunday, well, some of you have like really good memories of Palm Sunday. You know, you come in, like I wanted to give everybody a, a huge palm branch when you came in, but apparently it's a liability. So we're going to work on that to have some spaced out chairs for next year. <laughs> that, that's what you think about when you think about Palm Sunday, right? You just think about the palms. You just think about the triumphant entry, but I want to ask you to not just think about this day, I want you to think about this feast. Because everybody was coming into Jerusalem for this feast. In fact, there were three feasts that all of the Jewish community would come back to the city for feasts. So it was three of them. The number one was Passover, which happened in the spring. And this is to commemorate, okay, the Israelites leaving slavery in Egypt. That was a great win, right? Number two, is the Feast of Weeks. This happened in the summer. And this is to commemorate when Moses got the Torah from Mount Sinai. Number three, somebody say number three, is the Feast of Tabernacles, which happened in the fall. 
miscommemorated when Israelite when the Israelites had their journey through the wilderness into the promised land. You say, Dakota, ah, man, it's a lot. Can you, can you relay it to me? Okay, I'm going to help you. In Miami, okay, in spring, we have ultra that everyone... In summer, we have VU Conference. Let's go, VU Conference. And then in fall, we have Art Basel. So it's like, it's like the same, but just a little different, okay? Biggest thing is that everyone's coming to town to be together. So everybody's here. <laughs> You're stupid. The city's buzzing. It's raging. Hundreds of thousands of people are here. And they're here for the Passover celebration. But yo, what is the Passover? Well, the reason that we get the feast is because hundreds of years before, the Israelites, just like we talked about, were in slavery in Egypt. Guess how long? For 400 years. So God, like he does, he raises up a mighty man. His name is Moses. Somebody say Moses. And he has Moses go to Pharaoh and he says this, let my people go. But Pharaoh doesn't want to. So what God begins to do is he starts to send plagues. He starts to send things on the people of Egypt so that Pharaoh would understand, yo, God is serious. You need to let his people go. And plague after plague, Pharaoh's stubborn. Some of you wives are like, yeah, like my husband, you know, like, no, chill. It's not about that. He's stubborn. He doesn't want to let the people go. So God sends a final plague and we pick up in Exodus 12 and I want to read it to you. It says, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. It says, tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day, this is important, say the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb and his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. That's a good host right there. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at Twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. We're going to skip to verse 12. It says this, on the same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of people and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord and the blood will be a sign for you on the house where you are, and when I see the blood, get ready, I will pass over you. So why do we have the Passover feast? Because when the Israelites, when the, the Jewish people were going through the hardest time of their life, and God was about to deliver them, he said, get the lamb's blood, put it on your house. And because of the lamb's blood, I will pass over you in judgment. But what I want you to see is that it was on the 10th day that they selected their lamb. Somebody say 10th day. Well, go with me now. Follow with me. I know some of you aren't so good at math, but I'm going to walk you through it here. We're going to go to John 12. It says six days before the Passover. 
which the Passover is the 15th, Jesus came to Bethany. But John 12, 12 says the next day he entered Jerusalem. Here's what I want you to know. You don't have to do the math. Jesus came in on selection day. The same day that all of Israel would be scrambling. The same day that 250,000 lambs would be picked up so that they could be sacrificed. The same day that everyone's looking for a perfect lamb so that they would be covered from judgment is the same day that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ arrived. This is so important for you to see. Our God always dots his eyes. Our God always crosses his T's. Our God never misses a box. See, this triumphant entry, it was so important, not just because it was showing that Jesus was king, which he is king. And he was coming in on a donkey, on the lowliest of animals, but it was also significant because it was showing that this was God's selection for the lamb of Passover. Lamb, Jesus and lamb, where have we seen this before? John the Baptist. What did John the Baptist say right before he baptized Jesus, fitting on Baptism Sunday? He said, behold, the lamb of God who will take the sins of the world away. Jesus Christ is the true lamb. Jesus Christ is the holy lamb. Jesus Christ is the perfect lamb. But here's what I want you to understand, okay? Some of you, some of you understand this. There's a huge difference in being selected to help with something <laughs> than offering to help with something. Some of you got moms like me sitting there playing video games growing up. Mom gets a call. Hey, baby. That's how my mom talks. <laughs> how are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, you need some help? Of course, I'll send Dakota right over. It's like, he would love to. How do you know I would love to? Some of you, man, my wife. Oh, yeah, Dakota, he would love to help you. Yeah, 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 he'll be over right now. Dakota, can you just go do this? Yeah, sure. You don't get any crowns in heaven for that, though. Can I be clear? <laughs> There's a huge difference between being selected to help someone, right? And then you seeing a need and you filling it on your own, offering to help. It's not my fault, but it is my problem is what we say at VU. And this was Jesus. See, no one emailed Jesus, Naomi, who leads our communications department. No one emailed him and said, yo, Jesus, you have to come right now. No one filed a lawsuit against Jesus and settled for him coming down to earth. No one commanded Jesus to leave the comfort of his throne in heaven, but still he chose to come for you. That's what it says in Hebrews seven. It says he sacrificed for their sins once and for all when he offered what? Himself. You see, lambs were pursued by man and sacrificed by man so that man would be covered. But Jesus He's different. Jesus pursued man. Jesus pursued you. Jesus pursued me. Jesus pursued your kids. Jesus pursued your friends. Jesus pursued your coworkers. Jesus pursued man. 
and then sacrificed himself so that man would be covered. I know some of you are in here and you're like, yo, does God even care about my troubles? Oh, my friends, don't you understand that he pursued you long before you pursued him? Oh, Dakota, I'm angry with God. Don't you understand? He loved you so much. He came to where you were before you even asked him to. Dakota, I'm looking for God. Well, he's only one prayer away. But the sad part is about even this auditorium here in Somi, even though on selection day, the perfect lamb came into Jerusalem, some of us are still looking for our lambs. Some of us are still trying to do this thing in our own strength. Some of us have the lamb of striving. I am good enough. I'm going to prove it to you. Some of us have the lambs of our careers. Now I'm going to put that off. This is what I'm going to focus on right now. Some of us have the lambs of our relationships. This is what brings me fulfillment. This is what brings me joy. Then why year after year are you having to find another lamb? Can I help somebody from the Palm Sunday account? The looking is over. The true lamb has arrived and his name... His name is Jesus. But what does Exodus say? This is so important. It said they grabbed lambs, what, without defect. They didn't want no ugly lambs up in there. I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of an ugly lamb, by the way. They're pretty cute. They didn't want any lambs. I don't know why we're going there, you know? They didn't want any lambs without any defect. Can I tell you? that Jesus was the Passover lamb and was good enough and was able to check the box of the last of the final Passover lamb because he was the perfect lamb. See, this was a memorable moment. Like this is memorable. This moment of Jesus coming in has eternal ramifications. This is going to change the trajectory of humanity. This is memorable, but it was memorable because Jesus honored the mundane. Say, what do you mean? We just talked about it. The gospel, 89 chapters. That's a lot of chapters. And only four of them covered the first 30 years of Jesus's life. But here's what I want you to understand. In the mundane, Jesus was undefeated. Jesus was perfect. Jesus did not compromise. Jesus didn't have a bad day and give in. Jesus didn't just die for you. Jesus lived for you. 33 years. Jesus didn't just say yes to you. Listen, he said no for you. And the reason that Jesus, that we can sing it and we can watch videos, had victory over sin is because he already had victory over sin. The reason that it was the triumphant entry is because he had already triumphed before he got to that path on that donkey. You say, what did he triumph over? Well, he triumphed over compromise. Well, he triumphed over the enemy in the desert. Well, he triumphed over lust. He triumphed over greed. He triumphed over heartache. He triumphed over anger. He triumphed through the bad days. He triumphed through the heartache, through the pain. Our God triumphed, and that's why... 
It was called the triumphant entry. He does not check the box as the last Passover lamb if he was not perfect. Somebody say perfect. Tap your neighbor, say spotless. Spotless. What I want to get this, and I want want you to really think about it, because we don't talk about it much in church. He lived for 33 years, bro. Like, this is a long mission, okay? You think of, like, spy movies that we watch, okay? It's like he was planted in earth for a specific mission that took 33 years to complete. It's a long time. Jesus is like rocking in middle school, like they don't even know. They don't even know. They don't know me. They don't know who I am. Jesus, want to play spin the bottle? No, I'm good. Keep that over there, bro. Spotless. Went through high school. Got Jason and Ethan Bustos, two of the top high school volleyball players in the city, right here on the front row. Make some noise for these boys. Went through, guys, fellas, went through high school. Didn't sin one time. Some of you don't even want to talk about high school. (laughs) Can we go there? Went through college. Spring break, my God. Some of you are like, don't bring this up, man. Don't bring this up. Don't bring this up. This was last week, bro. (laughs) Didn't sin. One time. 29. Think about that. I'm 28 right now. Feeling some pressures. Feeling some weight. He was 29. He hasn't even started his mission. Son of God. The final Passover lamb. People don't even know. People just walking by him thinking he's just another guy. Some of us are 23, 24, haven't made our first milli yet, and we feel like we're failing. Some of us in this room are like, I'm 18. I don't have a million followers on TikTok. Life is over. Jesus 29, son of God. Hasn't started his mission yet. All he needed was three and a half years to teach, encourage, heal, rebuke, live, disciple, to complete his mission. My friends, he did not just die for you. This was a week-long process. My friends, he lived 33 years. For, oh, can we make a little bit more noise than that? Like, come on, Jesus is good. This is what we learn from Palm Sunday. So who are you in the mundane? Who are you? Who are you in the moments that no one's watching? Because some of you are disappointed with your memorable moments. Some of you want the memorable moment of buying a house, which is a Christmas miracle in this freaking market right now. In fact, can we just stop and pray for the housing market? Lord, we come to you right now behalf of our brethren. Some of you want to buy a house. You want that moment. You want to take the picture with the sign. First home. Sold. But you're never going to get that memorable moment if you don't honor the mundane of saving money. 
if you don't honor the mundane of saying no so that you can say yes later. Some of you want the memorable moment of getting your degree. Well, you're going to have to start with the mundane. This is crazy of going to class. You're going to start with the mundane of doing your homework. Some of you want the memorable moment to be able to come home and tell your family, I finally got that promotion. Well, it's going to start with the mundane showing to work on time. It's going to start with the mundane of working hard when no one else is looking. Here's what I thank God for, is that he didn't just give us some spiritual truths to live by, but he gave us each and every day an example of how we can be the best Christ followers that we can be. He did not just honor the big moments that were written about. He honored each and every day. Some of you, you're like, I I understand, I'm, I'm waiting to be perfect, to make my move to Jesus. Can I break some news to you? You'll never get there. I'm like, dude, I came to church to get good news. Well, here's some even better news. You'll never be good enough. We need a spotless lamb. Guess what? None of us sitting in here are spotless. But that's why there is good news because he literally took your place. We deserve to be upon that cross, but he who knew no sin became sin. And we don't have to achieve perfection. All we have to do, friends, is receive Jesus. We don't have to achieve perfection. We just receive Jesus. Jesus, he was the last Passover lamb. If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to. You get an extra long escalating limo if you take notes in church in heaven. And uh, I have a big family, so I need it. That's why I take notes. And uh, the first thing he was is he was a Passover lamb. But the second thing that the Palm Sunday shows us is this. He was a gracious king. You can write that down. He's a gracious king. You know, a king is exactly what the Jews wanted. That's it. They wanted a political leader. They wanted a political revolution that would help them overtake the Roman government. And Jesus was a king, but it was going to look a little bit different than they thought. I want to read in Matthew 21. We're going to go back to our text. It says, saying to them, this is Jesus. It says, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her untie them and bring them to me. I'd never seen this before. This is the gracious king. This is the Passover lamb. This is the king of all kings and Lord of all lords. And he's going to come in on a donkey. But what I'd never seen is Jesus asked his disciples to bring the donkey and the colt. Asked him to bring the donkey and the colt. You see, uh, some of you have heard the term, he's on his high horse today. He's on his high horse. He thinks he's too good for us. He's going to sit over there by himself. She thinks she's too cool for us. And the high horse, it come, this term comes from back in the day when kings and generals would ride in somewhere. They're riding on the high horse, the highest horse. So it didn't matter about their stature because I would have been out of luck back then. It actually just mattered about what type of horse or animal they were riding in on. The kings and generals, the high horse, the tallest horse, okay? Then you got the regular horse, all right? That may, maybe here, Adrian, you think it's like there, maybe. Okay, then you got the donkey, 
All right? And then you got the foal of a donkey. Inexperienced, may have never been ridden before. And here's what I find interesting is that Jesus didn't just ride on the foal of a donkey because that's what all that was tied at the post. Jesus had them bring both of the donkeys, but he chose to sit on the foal. He chose to sit on the donkey that was shorter. Theologians say his feet may have been like dragging the ground. This is like West Coast, low riders. You know, this is Jesus. This is like the Flintstones. He's just like helping them. Foal of a donkey. And what I love about this picture is that Jesus could have picked the more experienced donkey. Could have picked the bigger one. Could have picked the one that had more capability. But instead, he chose the loneliest one. He chose the inexperienced one. And can I just preach for a second? I find this to be incredible, incredible, incredible news. Because if somebody is doubting in this room, can God use me? I want to remind you again from the Palm Sunday account, even though this whole book is full of examples, that God can use you, but not just that he can, he chooses to use you. Despite your youth, despite your inexperience, despite your sin, despite what you're going through, despite your insecurity, God can use you. When he has other options, he will still choose. How good is God, man? For real, can we think about it? He doesn't have to use us, but he chooses to use us. And that's why he's the gracious king. He's the gracious king because some kings would just want to use the very best, would just want to use the very brightest and push everyone else to the side. But the way our king works is he can use every person that's in this room right now to bring him glory. And this is an important part, not to just clap for and get excited for it, but it's important to believe. And it's important to contemplate because there is an entire army of believers that have been immobilized by the enemy, not because of their lack of belief in God, but because of their lack of belief that God believes in them. Not because you don't believe in God, but because you don't believe that he believes in you. My friend, our God, he does not call the qualified. He qualifies the cold. He makes the useless useful. And for that, we are grateful in the house today. We're grateful. This is, this is the gospel. He's a Passover lamb. He is the God. He's king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He doesn't have to use any of us, but he chooses to. Say, Dakota, how can I make a difference? Well, a practical handle for you today is just to go to the growth track, online and in person. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. You feel like you have to get some things in order. Today, I promise it will change your life if you get around men and women who are on the same mission as you to make a difference for Jesus. He's a gracious king, 
not just because of who he uses, but he's a gracious king in the way that he handles the crowd. Okay, this is a a big crowd, Matthew 2. It says in verse 8, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowd that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, somebody shout, Hosanna! In the highest heaven, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest heaven. They're shouting. They're getting wild. They're getting their praise dance on, you know, they're ha, ha, ha. This is crazy church. And this is not just hundreds of people. This is thousands of people. This is a wild crowd. This is like the John Mayer concert that I missed last week and I'm still bitter about. This is crazy. Thousands of people declaring Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who we've been praying about. Blessed is he who we've been hoping for. Blessed is he who we've been praying for. He's finally here. What's different for the disciples is that this is the first time. Somebody say the first time. Type that in the chat right now. This is the first time that Jesus has accepted this praise. See, it's not like the other times when people would start start to to praise Jesus and honor Jesus that he told the disciples to quiet. No, 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 no. It's not the time. This is what he did in Matthew 12. This is what he did in Matthew 16. But this time he was receiving the praise and worship that he was who they claimed him to be. They were honoring him. You know, last week we celebrated my birthday. Like I said, being from Louisiana, the boot ratchet city, I ordered 60 pounds of live crawfish to my house. And maybe you don't know what crawfish is. It's like mini lobsters that are just like, like manna from heaven really is the only thing I can compare them to. And uh, we had a huge boil. We had friends over, we were hanging, we were laughing, we were celebrating. But at some point, my beautiful bride, the woman of my dreams, my high school sweetheart, my right now sweetheart, she stopped the party and she did this thing called an honor circle. And I would encourage you, take this into your home. This is a culture of vu. Whenever somebody has a birthday, whenever somebody has a celebration in your family, at your job, one of your classmates and you're somewhere, don't just celebrate hard, but also take some time to stop and to honor and to put value on that person for the work that they've put in, but not just for what they do, for who they are. Pastor Rich always says that sometimes we wait for people's funerals to tell them how much we love them. Not at Vu Church. We're gonna have an honor circle. We're going to find excuses to look people in the eye and say, you're incredible. We love you. In that moment, I'm not going to lie. Whenever Blair says anything to me, I'm pretty happy. She said some nice words and some friends said some nice words and some family and four or five people took some time. And I wasn't like, I was built up. I can do this. Here's another year. Let's go. Some of you are like, that must have been what Jesus was feeling built up your hosanna blessed is he who comes to the name of the lord but 
we know that our God, he knows everything. And whenever he looked out, he's like, yeah, I created them. Yeah, I created him. I know her. I know where her next step is going to be. And even though that she's shouting Hosanna to me today, what is the rest of the week going to look like? Well, for me, that was a really awesome party. I enjoyed it. People spoke, but, but if my wife would have come to me and she said, yo, Coda, some of the people who want to say some good things about you are actually talking mad trash behind your back, yo. We'd be like, let's get them out of here. You're not coming to my birthday party. You're not going to talk bad about me. Come in my house and eat my crawfish. Uh-uh. This is my day. I wouldn't have had it. You know, this is basically what was happening for Jesus. Jesus was walking into this party of people shouting Hosanna and understanding that they would be shouting crucify him just a few days later. How crazy is that? That Jesus is riding in on already the loneliest of animals, not just a donkey, but the foal of a donkey. And he's the son of God. And he's walking through, pedaling with his feet. He's riding on this donkey and he's not going, nah, Tommy, I know what you're going to do. Get out of here, bro. You're crazy. Nah, Jennifer, you're out. I know you're going to turn on me. No, he's the gracious king. And here's what I want somebody to understand. Some of us are pointing the, the finger. We're going, I can't believe him. I can't believe they would turn on Jesus. We're still doing it today. Hosanna on Sunday, Friday night, 2 a.m. Hey, dot, 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 you up? Jaira on Sunday, don't drop that on Saturday. It's like, whoa, this doesn't make sense. But Jesus, through all our mistakes, Jesus, through all our failures, Jesus, through all our shortcomings, Jesus, through all our hurt, Jesus, knowing us best, Jesus, knowing our faults, Jesus, having a window into our soul, Jesus, having a window into our thoughts, he knows us best, but he still loves us most. He still loves us most. Some of you are like, yo, Jesus might love me, but I don't know why. It's because he created you on purpose and for a purpose. And whenever he came in, finally get there, they're waving palms. Yo, why are they waving palms? Well, they're waving palms because whenever a king came in victory into a city, they would put cloth over the ground. They would cut branches down and they would wave the palm branches. Our king is victorious. And even though they didn't even know what they were doing, even though they didn't even know what the week would look like yet, the Last Supper hadn't happened. The Garden of Gethsemane hadn't happened. Judas hadn't betrayed Jesus yet. He hadn't been whipped yet. He hadn't been put on a cross yet. He hadn't yelled, it is finished yet. He hadn't risen from the grave yet. Those people were already waving those palms that our Jesus, he has the victory. They were also shouting this important term. And we're gonna sing 
and we're going to do baptism together. They were shouting, Hosanna. Somebody say, Hosanna. Come on, somebody say, Hosanna. Hosanna, what does that mean? Is this a new word? Is this just a name for Jesus? Now, this, this word had been around for a second. This word had been used in the Old Testament. This word had been used in Psalms. And here's what the word meant. Two words, ready for it? Save now. God, please save us now. God, please deliver us now. Somebody in this room is praying that prayer. Save me now, God. Save my kids, God. Save my business. God, save me. It's out of my control. But over time, the meaning started to change from a cry to help to a shout of exaltation. Why did it change? When did it change? Changed on Palm Sunday on the triumphant entry. What did it change to? It changed to this, salvation is here. Salvation is here. Today, I just wanna say this. Thank God that he doesn't always answer our prayers. Thank God that he just didn't deliver the Jews from the Romans. Thank God that we didn't get our best wishes. Thank God that he had a bigger vision. Thank God that he had a wider mission, that he was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, because our God, whenever he rode into that city. Oh, my friends, can I tell you what he was not? He was not just a carpenter from Nazareth that day. He was not just a great teacher. He was not just another rabbi. He was not one of the truths. He was not one of the ways to heaven. Our God was salvation in skin, and he was worth the wait. Come on, can anybody make some noise in this place if you believe it? Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com online. We love you.